All right, so we're 15 minutes into our call here. Why, why don't we go ahead and hit record? <laughs> Stop holding us back, Brett. Let's record already. All right. Well, I'm going to hit the record. Are you recording on your end? Do it. You won't. Welcome back to season three of Dad's Meat World. I am one of your two dads, Tyler, and with me is... You know, I take the joy out of everything. I'm dad number two, Brett. Wow, that's, that felt a little rude. But also <laughs> nice to hear from Jason this season because this is the point where Jason kind of just disappears and is no longer ever mentioned ever again. We, I know, he, just, he was the best friend for... He's Eric's best friend for years, and now we'll never hear of him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always – if I didn't mention, this is a Dad's Meet World – Boy Meets World podcast. We go through it episode by episode, you know, taking it from a dad's perspective. Uh, I didn't say that right off the bat. But, Brett, I always feel like Boy Meets World first episode, it's almost like a new pilot in a way. Like it's like, OK, now this is the story for this season and all mm-hmm. the stuff for last season – doesn't matter yeah it's it's each season it's kind of they're kind of starting with a soft reboot you know season one here's the show it's it's a family show it's it's about Corey discovering the world while still kind of in the nest of the family season two Corey venturing out into high school and you know he's he's stepping outside of the nest a little bit season three Hey, guess what? Friends is popular. Let's start to make our teenagers even more grown up and give some of our adults teen our adult teachers some let's flesh them out a little bit more even. So, yeah, kind of a soft reboot each season, especially so far. Yeah, this season gets a little bit more adult. And for that reason, Brett, in my headcanon, and this doesn't have to be the Dance Meet World headcanon, but for my purposes of reviewing and going through every single episode, this is Corey, Sean, and Topanga's ninth grade year. Mm -hmm. I don't care what they said last season. I don't care what they say for next season. We literally have this season, next season, and then they're seniors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at some point, you can't go from seven... One year, one year, seniors. Yeah. So that's why last year I kept saying that it's middle school. It's seventh and eighth grade. And this year it's just ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So this year, anytime we talk about – because they, they don't mention in, in the actual uh, show what grade they are in because I think they wanted to make it a little more amb- ambiguous. But the stuff they're dealing with feels so freshman year-like. Mm-hmm. But a freshman year where there's also a middle school attached into the high school. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, my high school was like that. Our middle school and high school were together. So you use different spaces that were used by both middle schoolers and high schoolers. So you felt comfortable being in that building by ninth grade. For schools that – the freshmen are the first is the first year they're in that building. It's different for those type of people, but I'm just taking it as it's similar to my high school experience. Mm-hmm. Well, there so, you go. So for enough of that context, Brett, how are you? Oh, that's a loaded question this season. <laughs> 
or an uh, unloaded good, question. Good looking people. Uh, Tyler and I were talking about this off mic while we were getting all set up. Um, I had my annual, uh, we call it the mancation because it's a group of friends and I since, since college, you know, 20, 20 some years ago. Uh, we've been using this, uh, We've been running the same fantasy football league for this, our 22nd year. And we use this time of year, uh, we use our draft as an excuse to get together for a a vacation. Just the guys, it's a 12-team league, so there's typically anywhere between 8 and 14 of us there. And this year we decided to go out to San Diego instead of uh, Maryland, which is a lot closer for most of us. One of our uh, one of our guys lives out in San Diego, so we went out there. My second day out there, I got food poisoning. We are recording on Tuesday evening after this weekend, and I still have food poisoning. Good-looking people. So I may be kind of mellow tonight on this recording. Um, so don't worry, I'll bring the song. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to lean on Tyler to bring the energy tonight. So food poisoning. And, um, I really don't like airlines right now because they lie to you and they will shuffle you around to all kinds of other destinations and they don't have great customer service. So, but I'm glad to be back home be with my family because they're about to head back to school themselves on thursday this week two of them in high school one a freshman one a junior one in fourth grade that we have an open house for tomorrow night to meet his teacher i always get you guys go back early yeah yeah we're not in pennsylvania where we wait till the you know the first day of well i guess that would be uh later in the year when we talk about doing hunting and stuff but but uh, actually, when I was in uh, when I was in school uh, in a different county, we would have to wait until after the county fair was over because so many kids were in the fair. But uh, yeah, this part of the state, we're going back. We got a football game already this Friday night. So nice. So as this is releasing, what I'm hearing is is that there'll be a football game happening at. Uh, the, your guys' school, and you'll have two people in the band playing tonight as this is airing. As far as my calendar is telling me, yes. As, if All I right, pull well, the right one up, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Abby and Toby, I know you guys are listening because you guys listen all the time. When we were on vacation. That's all you guys talked about is how much you love this podcast. So good <laughs> luck tonight and, uh, you know. Stay, stay straight up in the air. You know, don't don't be uh, slouching or anything like that. <laughs> I don't know anything about bands, so I don't know how to say good luck. <laughs> you always tell people in anything remotely connected to the arts, break a leg. I didn't know if you could use that for band or not, like marching well, band. Because if you fall and break your leg, that would be really bad. Yeah, it, but it's tangentially connected, so we'll go that way. How, how are you guys doing, Tyler? You just broke my brain. I don't know how to <laughs> how to interpret that because I can't. Okay, I can't. We can't do that. We can't do it, Brett. We can't do it. How am I? How am I? How am I? Okay, so here's how I'll put it. Uh, I already said before that I got a, a starting to work at a new job. So started working a new job and it's third shift. And if anyone says to you third shift is easy, they're lying. The actual work isn't bad. The problem is, is that when you need to go to bed 
everyone else is like, good morning. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's bedtime. And then in the, in the afternoon slash evening after you're awake, people go, blah, 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 da, 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 da. my day was like this. I'm like, my day hasn't even started yet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's weird, but it's fine because work isn't bad. It's not a bad company. And um, all in all, um, as long as I'm providing for my family, I could care less. Mm-hmm. So that whole we're all getting used to has been funky. Um, you know, we are recording later than we were before, mostly because I'm awake a lot longer and not <laughs> as tired <laughs> as I used to be. So, yeah, uh, life is interesting. And we are getting, getting ready to... Um, to uh what's my call it uh go back to school in a few weeks still and also fun fact as of august 15th uh there is a new member of our family and that's all i'm gonna say it's not mine but part of the family so <laughs> i won't speak for them uh all i can say is that someone close to me had a baby and i'm very excited and happy for them uh, so okay well, congratulations to the mystery person, which... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Brett is fully aware who it is. I just... It's not for me to say who it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But congrats go out. Yes. So, good stuff all around. And Brett, I think it's time to get to the synopsis. I think it is. So, let's break right into it. This week, as we mentioned, we are getting into Season 3, Episode 1, My Best Friend's Girl. It is the first day of school after summer break, and Corey is fixated on, but terrified of, asking out Topanga. Meanwhile, Eric starts, or, yes, okay, he's become the Film Society president, and the school thugs get involved. This episode was written by Jeff C. Sherman, directed by John Tracy, originally aired on September 22nd, 1995, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.1. Now, in the... (laughs) You look a little puzzled there, Tyler. Well, just not even okay first of all 95 is always the year i say oh yeah that came out you know in like 95 because i think a lot of movies like you know popped on the vhs around that time mm-hmm. um so that's when i remember seeing it but i was just thinking this is going into the uh season when michael jordan returned to the bulls mm-hmm. we'll get to that in the winter time but don't <laughs> worry uh anywho continue so in our latest round of vast emotional damage Ah, oh, you did it again. Yes. <laughs> Last episode, when we ended season two, we had an episode where 14.2 million people tuned in to watch the season finale of season two of Boy Meets World, the episode Home. Tyler. How many million people do you think tuned in for the season premiere of season three? I'm going to go with 18.91. 
18.91. This music is fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Is there's another full minute on this track? <laughs> it sounds like it. You said 18.1? Yeah. The correct answer is 19.8. Nice. Yes, they picked up a lot from last season. Uh, well, it's there's a lot of. I mean, you get to the end of a season, you get 22, 23 episode season. There's a, there's bound to be a lot of drop off by the end of the season, and then you know a few months off, June, July, August. You come back at the end of September. School started. Everyone's back in the swing of things. The Friday night lineup. You know, TJIF yeah. is back in in swing. People want to know what's coming back, and they've got this yeah. fresh new opening credit sequence. They've got this fresh new excitement, and you know a lot more people are going to tune. They picked up five and a half million more viewers from where they ended last season. Well, I want to look into this. I mean, I'll look into this, but like, I want to say that this is around the time too that the Friday night on like TGI Friday, like really picked up and intensified like there was a point where i remember as a kid like every show i watched it felt like i was always seeing an advertisement for this night Mm -hmm. so it could be one of those situations but also you know it's back to school years back again and hey Corey and sean are bigger what are they up to Mm -hmm. yeah gotta go revisit those old friends because you haven't gotten involved in those uh you know wrestling clubs yet (laughs) (laughs) all right tyler take us away take me away take me away (laughs) well we start this episode off brett where you would expect us to start this episode off I was expecting a snarky comment, but sure, let's go with. <laughs> well, see, on my end, I wasn't quite sure if you had frozen again or not. I understand that. No, I thought you might have frozen as well. <laughs> so we start this episode. This is the first time that we start a season off not in the Matthews's kitchen, Very true, but instead yes. Mr. Turner's. We are apartment. definitely growing up as a show, yes. Yes, yeah, so we're in Mr. Turner's uh, apartment. Corey's looking for Sean. Sean's still in his PJs, apparently, because he just wears regular clothes with a robe <laughs> on as his PJs, I guess. I do believe we saw this robe when he was staying with the Matthews. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, uh, wasn't that Eric's robe? <laughs> it might have been his lucky robe. Because <laughs> he said something like, that's my lucky robe. You can have it now. <laughs> um Maybe that's how Sean gets things. Is he just wears them and people goes keep them. That's <laughs> yeah, a smart way to do it. Um, it's like licking things. Uh, Corey is where? Okay, Corey is wearing clothes that the last two seasons he would not have worn. Oh no! Unless to go somewhere for like a special event. Mm-hmm. Like he wore a full blown suit for his date with Teresa. So he's wearing essentially like. I don't know. It looks like he's going to give a presentation or something. Yeah, he's got that collared shirt with the sleeves rolled up. He's got the sweater vest. And you'll notice and he's, he's wearing cologne. Yeah, a lot of cologne, apparently. So much so that it makes Sean think his breakfast pizza has gone bad. 
And by the way, Corey, Corey's height has caught up to Sean. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they, these, he definitely grew up this season and that's, that's one of the reasons also that I'm like, this is definitely ninth grade. Cause the two of them are kind of caught up and that's, that's always the time period when that awkward growing period of like sixth to eighth grade, like all of a sudden people are similar heights and sizes and, um, or just people are more looking the way they're always going to look, essentially. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Corey's like, we got to go. We got to get to school. And he goes, wait, why are you so? Oh, Topanga's back. It's tea day. Got to go see Topanga. <laughs> and so the show is establishing immediately, like, Corey has obsessed all summer over Topanga likes me. I like Topanga. Topanga likes mm-hmm. me. I like Topanga. And I'm going to make my move finally. Yep. And he's he has made himself a nervous wreck because of it. So <laughs> and then he's going, hey, we got to get going. He goes, well, I'm running late. You know what? Let me just ask my roommate. Oh, John. <laughs> I, I did clip this, so uh, I thought it'd be fun to listen in. Lateness. A problem for me once. It was, of course, until I got me a teacher roommate. John. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matthews. Nice outfit. Job interview? <laughs> Watch. Listen, John, I'm dragging a little this morning. Gonna need some extra time. You think you could jot a note for me? Sure, no problem. You know, anything you want. Late. Doctor, have fun with it. You got it. <laughs> no way. What are you right? No way. <laughs> That's right, uh, your butt's in home room before that first bell rings, or TV, no way, snacks, no way, dates, no way, okay? Snacks? <laughs> I'm new at this, now get out of here. TV, no way, snacks, no way, dates, no way. <laughs> hey, I played football in high school. If I was told no snacks, I would die. <laughs> And knowing Sean and how much he likes to eat, I think snacks would be a very a very good uh, punishment. <laughs> okay, I watched as all of your children consumed only sugar products when we were together. Oh, like, yeah. Your one child was not feeling good, and the first thing I saw her consuming was like pop tarts mm-hmm. and cookies. I'm like, are you sure you want to eat that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the one who will eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, clearly Turner is, he's got some boundaries that he has set and established. So that's good to see. They're not just uh buddy, buddy. There is, there is yeah. an authority role there. Yeah. No, there's definitely an authority role, but also they have they are close at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they they spent a summer together and they've had you know, when you spend all your time with someone in the summer, it feels like it's a lot longer of a time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why a lot of people, you know, go to camp and then end up dating someone because you're literally with someone all the time. Yeah. Um and so they had a lot of time to get close and to build a almost a big brother, little brother relationship, essentially. Yep. So, uh, but I do like that he's trying to, you know, get away with something and he's like, 
no, I'm good. Here's your note. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, then he heads for, out the so. door with his robe and his pajama pants still on. I, I do have to say, I mean, I, I love the fact that Sean winds up. It granted 95, not not as common as what it would be today. 1995, Sean wandering the halls for that entire day in pajama pants. Kind of a statement. Today, not at all. <laughs> just a fashion choice. Then, just Sean being cool. <laughs> I mean, because of the pandemic and people being on their devices, like, you had people that barely got dressed at all. <laughs> and then once school was really back back, they basically came dressed as they were before. <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there is a need for some some dress code. <laughs> yes. So I will say I was glad to see that this year Sean and Corey do not start the school year off by slamming nerds in the face with doors. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. There's a part of me that kind of wish that they would have that running gig of, you know. I, I felt the same way. <laughs> I kind of missed that. Yeah, but you know, hey, that's all right. That's season two humor. We're now into season it's not three a new humor. School. It's a new Corey. He's got a spring yes. in his step. Yes, I mean, it really is a new Corey when you think about it. <laughs> a little more tame of a Corey, if you will. So we're uh, back at the school, though, finally, and we see Eric. First shot of Eric of the season, mm-hmm. and we are. Just shy of peak Eric hair. Like we are <laughs> we're getting close. That's always one of my first comments my wife makes about uh Eric's hair is like how close we are to peak perfection. Because <laughs> if you recall good uh looking people, on the uh special episode that we did on uh My Date with the President's Daughter, she said that at that point was peak Eric hair. Yes. Very aggressive peak, Eric here. <laughs> uh, so we have Sean and Corey talking in the hallway, and we stumble upon and we see the new Topanga with much mm-hmm. longer hair now. <laughs> yes. And if, if Corey thought Topanga was all hair in sixth grade, Topanga is all hair in ninth grade. <laughs> but I feel that she knows how to style her hair now. Yeah, yeah. She seems like she knows a little better how to take care of it, not just crimp it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, Corey is just, he's a little ball of neuroses when it comes to Topanga. And he just, he's psyching himself out. He's going through the the whole am i moving yet here i go sean you're still here it's just i miss her even more now that i'm she's here it's it's a very much he is he has just built everything up in his mind and now that it's here he's just complete he's just his brain has exploded (laughs) so i have a confession brett Mm mm-hmm this uh, little bit that he does of, you know, all right, I'm walking over there <laughs> and then not moving and then saying, am I there yet? <laughs> am I moving yet? I can't even use words to describe how many times I've done this bit, <laughs> mostly to my wife, mostly like to just 
sometimes make her laugh, sometimes annoy her. But just I've done this bit virtually my whole life. <laughs> I can't remember a time I wouldn't do this. Like I would do this as a kid too. Of like, all right, I'm going. Am I there yet? Am I moving yet? <laughs> oh, you're still here. <laughs> um, yeah. Mostly like if I'm laying down somewhere and like, all right, you got to get up. All right, I'm up. And now I'm walking downstairs. Like you're not walking downstairs. <laughs> no, I am. I'm downstairs. Now I'm prepping breakfast. <laughs> so this is just, this is a classic, classic bit. And uh, it's one I have no problem doing it. I have no shame over. Mm-hmm. So. I do like that we get another classic Corey. Hello. <laughs> when he does actually get to move and uh, walk up to Topanga. Yeah, just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Corey futzing around trying to get to Topanga. I would like to just discuss Eric and the fact that no one at John Adams High knows how to use a thumbtack or a pushpin. And for some reason, they think the most secure way to hang up posters on bulletin boards in the hallways and in the cafeteria is to use a staple gun. And while it's funny for the bit of Eric stapling his shirt to the board, there is no legitimate reason for him to be using a staple gun to hang up posters for for the movie. <laughs> they did that as well for the Christmas dance, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah, why would they do that? Now, in in my head, if I really want to work hard, I can think of I, I can make it a security thing where people can't just take the thumbtack out and take the poster down and maybe steal the thumbtack as a weapon, but they can still rip the poster down and it's just a, it's just a bulletin board. It's not in the wall. You can still pull that staple out pretty easily and use it as a weapon. So again, this is a community space where people can hang anything up and if you if you pause it and look, there are other things hung up on that board. So other than going for the really big gag of, oh, I stapled this, I stapled my shirt to the board, I can't think of a good reason why Eric is using the staple gun. <laughs> but he's the president of the film society because they need, he needs uh, extracurriculars on his resume for college because his grades are not good enough for college. Your grades, my friend, are not good enough to get you a Slurpee. Now, do you think this is a new made-up club that Feeney created just for Eric? Hmm. I think it's a possibility. Because, like, to say that the film society is broke and so they aren't going to be able to show the movie seems disingenuous if it's like a consistently run thing that they have to license and agree with the uh you know what not for airing it and paying for students to come in and watch movies but it feels like a almost like one of those experimental quote-unquote things that feeney is 
cool with doing. Mm-hmm. But again, this is the first time we hear about it, last time we hear about it. Yeah, I think it's either one that Feeney came up with or a dormant one that Feeney revived for the benefit of giving Eric an extracurricular. Fair. Yes. But uh of course Paint Your Wagons is uh is going to be the film because you know even though no one wants to watch a cowboy musical no horror movies because violent and twisted characters have no place on a high school campus. Cue Frankie and Joey. <laughs> Who one of the I, best cutaways. I I have to say yes. I have to say uh, Frankie and Joey seem to have really stepped out of the shadow of being lackeys this year. They, there's no Griff. There's no Harley. They uh, at one point they talk about having their fingers in everything in the school when they're shaking down Eric for money for ticket sales. They blossom into their own as thugs. And so, yeah, they're shaking down a uh, I'm assuming it's a seventh or an eighth grader uh, with Frankie's patented floor lick maneuver for his uh, his lunch money. And, uh, of course, Mr. Feeney with his deadpan expression of uh, I'll see you guys and uh, I'll see you two in detention. Well, why, Mr. Feeney? What'd you do? Something in a previous life, I'm certain. <laughs> Oh, Beanie is classic. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying this new confident Frankie and Joey. Well, it's like they took bits and pieces of what they learned with their time under Harley and also Griff, because technically this is they are technically under Griff right now. But if Mm -hmm. Griff's not around, these two are able to manage and do what they need to do. Yep. I almost wonder, just as a weird thought, that maybe they didn't know if they would get Griff for this season. So they just kind of made it seem like Frankie and Joey are just on their own now. Because mm-hmm. it kind of feels like it's out of nowhere that, like, when the episode, like, Griff and Harley's last episode, it feels like it's out of nowhere. Like, oh, yeah, Griff's a part of this again. Yeah, by the way, uh, hey, he's still technically here. But eventually... uh Corey eventually does talk to uh, Topanga, and it does not go well. Hello. It does not. Yeah. He blows it. He does. <laughs> there <laughs> is there's no good way to say it. it, it there isn't. What just happened over there, Sean? I mean, I'm talking with you fine, but over there with Topanga, I became a, a sea monkey. It's a bad animal, man. Guys, 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 guys. You didn't hear, did you? What? What? This year when the bell rings, it means get to class. <laughs> the uh, hunter boy giving you a rough time. I suggest you send a note home to yourself. All right, George, all right. There's still a few bugs to work out, but I'm telling you, until his parents show up, I'm glad to have him. We had a great time over the summer break. Well, the vacation is over. The relationship must change accordingly. Oh, come on, George. You can't know everything. How does he do it? I love that George Feeney line. How does Mm -hmm. he do it? But he's right. The relationship must change accordingly. And it'll it'll be a small learning curve adjusting into the school year now. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, it's not like he's talking down to Turner. He's not saying you're foolish for taking on this student. Like, how can you do that to yourself? It's just, hey, I'm happy you guys had a great summer, but it's not summer anymore. Mm-hmm. It's now school. We need him to continue to learn and to grow. And you need to help him do that and not treat him differently. Yep. So it's a lesson that uh, I think Mr. Matthews should have learned, but that's a story for a different day. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So can we, could you, could you get to the guests in this episode? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, First off, we have Eli Williams going to be played by Alex Dazaire. And he's going to join the cast of Boy Meets World this year. Uh, We're going to see him throughout most of season three. He has 88 credits to his name, uh, playing on shows like A Different World, uh, The Flash in 1990, High Fidelity, Reno 911, House, Mom, Scandal, uh, Return to the Flash on the CW. Uh, And he's also done a lot of voice acting in video games and in animation. We also have Topanga's best friend Trini, played by Brittany Murphy, and this is the first of two episodes we're going to see her in this season. And sadly, she did pass away in 2009. She has 68 acting credits to her name from things like Kins Incorporated, Frasier, Sister Sister, Clueless, both the movie and the TV series. Double Jeopardy, Eight Mile, probably the biggest thing that uh, people recognize her from. Uh, Just Married, Sin City, and possibly the other thing people most recognize her from and not realize that she was the voice of Luann in King of the Hill. No, she was the main thing I wanted you to get to. So, because <laughs> she's just a, she's a solid actress. And mm-hmm. she does really great work. She did really good work after this. And I'm really excited that she is a part of this cast. And mm-hmm. I wish she's another character that you wish was here longer. Oh, but yeah. also you wish that she has a person would have lived longer as well. So mm-hmm. there is nothing but there is tragedy with this woman. Um, but her work on the show is fantastic. And yes, when she pops is. up, you're like, oh, my gosh, this character. <laughs> <laughs> You little I know we'll get to that mostly later in, like, what we see of her, but pure perfection. Well, we do find out Corey continues to try to talk with Topanga in Mr. Turner's class, and he winds up saluting. Yeah. Okay. Corey's interactions with her is so bad. Every way, (laughs) it's just bad. It is. I saluted. We all saw her. He salutes her. He gives her a thumbs up. And every time he just he can't even ask her out to the movies, the the, paint your wagon, the cowboy musical at the school. He's gone to a make out poetry reading with her before he's grabbed her and made out with her in his bedroom before and he's having the hardest time asking her to go to a movie with him at the school's auditorium. 
<laughs> well, in fairness to Corey, it's it's not just these little moments he's gotten. You know, like it's these mo- like he knows the moment this train gets going. He knows where it wants to go, and I think it's that 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 end point that makes him the most nervous. And like I, like I said earlier, he has built all of this up. He has he's created this monster in his head, and his brain has just exploded. Mm-hmm. And uh, but he does finally get to talk to her at at lunch in the cafeteria. We find out Topanga was way over the summer in the rainforest. Which I find yeah. intriguing. <laughs> it wasn't just summer camp. She was in the rainforest, apparently. Well, if it was one of those deals where, like, she went to a camp, then she also went, did, like, a missions trip of some form. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, she could have been doing stuff, like, all summer. She's an only child, so her parents can afford to, you know, send her all over the place. Well, not, not deal with their own problems. She does have Nebby. No, she doesn't. Our kid <laughs> is that she's not part of it. But yeah, I mean, was she in the rainforest all summer? Was she just in there for a week for a trip? But uh, either way, Topanga already has plans for the movies. Episode has an episode. Yes. Episode has to episode. We get to the lunchroom because a lot of stuff's going down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Joey and Frankie are trying to uh, position uh eric to let mm-hmm. them sell the tickets oh yes because they got their fingers in everything except for the mind club they don't want to be a part of that oh no 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 freaks them out freaks them out piece of what <laughs> yeah Your profits help joey they got me in that box again <laughs> yes and it's during this lunch that uh Corey takes another shot at asking out Topanga, and he finally says words. He finally is is doing well at communicating, except for the fact that uh, Topanga's already committed. Um, although I will say he tries to explain the whole saluting by saluting other people because as a thing <laughs> after, you know, they walked away mm-hmm. or after she uh, left. But uh, Topanga reveals that she's going with someone else. That's why he's acting awkward. Uh, which I think this is a point to talk about now. We'll we'll, we'll have something later on in this episode to discuss mm-hmm. this more. But the fact that she thinks Corey's acting weird because she was already asked out by somebody else would insinuate to me that Sean already asked her out, not that day, but maybe a few days prior. Like, have her, like... Her Friday already figured out, so that way he knew that they didn't have to worry about her going with somebody else. I don't know about that, because he asked her what's going on on Friday in class, and she said, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's not a great indication of the gap between class to there's lunch, because we really go from classroom to lunchroom. And I know we do that all the time in the show, mm-hmm. but technically you're right. It could have been after class that Sean asked her just so that way it made life easier mm-hmm. for Corey. Regardless, we learn later on that Sean did it for the right reasons. But yes, we find out that Sean betrayed Corey in this moment. Yes. Which leads to uh, one of my favorite transitions in the whole show. 
We leave the lunchroom, and all of a sudden, we're back at Turner's place, and it's Eli walking in, and he says, it's okay, Hunter. Don't get up. <laughs> um, and then those two are chit-chatting back and forth. Eli's looking for a job. He's overqualified for all the jobs he's applying to. Mm. And then uh, all of a sudden, Corey runs in, and uh, – You don't believe in knocking? <laughs> I don't believe in anything anymore. Oh, yes. So he just he storms and he says, all right, where is he? <laughs> right in front of his face. And he goes, ah, I found, I found you. you. <laughs> I so, love yeah. that. Don't you believe in Doc anymore? I don't know I don't to believe anymore. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. And I, I like the way that, that – I, I do like the way that they bring in Eli and uh, all, all four of these guys in here. I, I clipped uh, I, I clipped most of this conversation here for us. You do not ask out your best friend's girl. Am I right? How long have you been dating her? Never. He didn't even make a move. Yeah, but I was going to. Yeah, this sounds like a clear violation of the gentleman's code of dating. Yes! <laughs> You see, a true friend doesn't ask out a girl that his buddy likes or is just broken up with. Right, John? Yeah, well, you know, whatever. I mean, there's always exceptions to that rule. Yeah, and would one of these exceptions be a certain Miss Cynthia Harp? Eli, will you let it go? Man, that was ten years ago. Besides, you dumped her for that Spanish transfer student whose only word of English was yes. <laughs> that was my favorite semester. Okay, so no, okay. that doesn't make I'll a difference. Hey, trouble me. with me, pal. Knife in the back here. <laughs> All I did was ask out a girl who didn't have a boyfriend. Which reminds me, I think I'll go call her and firm up plans. I love Corey's little yes there as he feels vindicated. But it, it also points out there's no matter what show or what movie you watch or what you read, there's always these unwritten rules that wind up being the gentleman's rules of dating or the bro code or man laws, whatever they are. There's always some sort of understanding when it comes to relationships between men. You don't date someone your best friend is interested in. Yep. You, don't, you don't make a move on someone that your friend is interested in or has just dated or is related to. There, there's always something in that wheelhouse. And on the surface, Sean very clearly violated this most basic tenant of, of, of male relationships here. And we find yep. out that, that John did the same thing to Eli, even though Eli was just as uh, – yeah, Eli probably wasn't as uh, <laughs> committed in his connection either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it just feels like one of those things just to mess with each other about. Yeah. Because clearly Eli wasn't emotionally connected to the situation. It was yeah. just, hey, I dated her. You can't date her now. Yeah. It's a little bit different, but. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. But also, like, well, you there's. Know, whatever. there's there's something about when two teenagers have a disagreement and they get two adults who also are in a similar disagreement and they feel justified and vindicated. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, poor Sean is the only real innocent one in this situation because he's <laughs> trying to just help out his friend. He can't tell his friend what he's doing because if he does, it's going to ruin it. Mm -hmm. 
Because Sean, I think, has learned since prior experiences, if I say things too much out loud, what my uh, my actual desires and plans are, they get ruined. Yeah. But if I keep them to myself, they happen. Mm-hmm. If I tell Which is Corey, fair. if I tell Corey what's going on, he's gonna blow it up. <laughs> he's gonna mess it up. If I tell my best friend, he's going to ruin it. If I don't tell him he's angry at me, I'm in a real pickle. Yeah, I'll take a little anger. I can deal with it. <laughs> oh. I was just thinking of what that uh, radio show adva- uh, the advice column was. Dear Abby. Dear Abby, yes. I feel like a real Dear Abby moment. Yeah. I do love when Corey storms off into the closet and Eli is uh, going to tell me he's in the closet and Corey walks out with his sweater and I'm taking back my sweater and Eli's just impressed. Nice. Like, yeah, that's the whole reason I went in there. Don't you know? Nice. (laughs) I I love the addition of Eli this season. Alex Dazer is fantastic. Well, he adds another dimension, another level to the show that's different and unique, and it's mm-hmm. helpful. Yep. Because, again, as as young people grow, there's bound to be other people that they relate to and can help them as well. Mm-hmm. Do I like it because there's not so much of a parental involvement? No. But this is the show we have. Yeah. So we get to go to the Matthews kitchen and actually see a parent. Why did I even ask a woman? They only bring you heart. Well, this one brings dinner every night, a roof over your head, and there was that little giving birth thing. (laughs) Mom, that's getting real old. Yes, Corey comes in and goes, Mom, do you think opposites can attract? She, I think Amy thinks that she's talking about, do you think I could like a girl that has that we have nothing in common with. And she goes, well, yeah, me and your father actually had, didn't have a whole lot in mm-hmm. common. And he's like, yeah, there's no reason. It. There's no reason to think Amy's in on this whole scheme here. She's just trying to, to be honest with her son. <laughs> well, she's trying to take the encouraging approach as well of like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, let me support you in the way I think you want to be supported. Mm-hmm. Like, stop it, mom. Yeah, it is good to see. We didn't see Corey go to Amy a lot for for advice last season, and it's good to see him go to her, even though it's it's she happens to be standing in the room when he walks in. It's it's more of a moment of convenience. It's still good to see him seek out advice for her in that from her in that moment. Right. Or at least I'm showing those moments, which is also good. Yes. I do like that. I don't like the fact that we don't see Alan at all in this episode, but I like the fact that we do see Amy at least represented. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that either. Although I do like that Eric tries to be a good big brother and, and talk to his his brother. Yeah, I, I clip just about the entire Eric conversation <laughs> because, uh, well, I'll, I'll play it and then I'll tell you all why. <laughs> You know, Cora, a little song comes to mind that might be able to help you through these tough times. Spank is going out. Push on. Spank is going out. Push on. <laughs> Bite me very much. <laughs> now listen, I, I still don't believe Topanga really likes Sean. In fact, I'm going to call her and find out. Yeah, yeah, why don't you just take the cordless up to the roof so after you talk to her, you can jump. <laughs> You're really hurting, aren't you? 
That just takes all the fun out of it. I've never felt so horrible before. I mean, I'm sitting here like this, and she's out there having a good time. It makes no sense, Eric. I gotta talk to the penguin to find out where I stand. Look, Corey, 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 I got about ten seconds of sincerity left in me, so don't interrupt, all right? <laughs> Ask a girl what she's thinking, she'll feel cornered. So what do I do? Hmm? Ask her best friend. Straight answers, no pressure. Time's up. This conversation really encapsulates where Corey and Eric are in their relationship as brothers. Yeah. Because we've got Eric needling Corey with the whole... Topanga's going out with Sean song. You've got him really getting in dark with, why don't you take the cordless up to the roof so you can jump? And then you've got him realizing his brother really is in pain. And yes, he makes the joke that takes all the fun out of it. But you see in that moment where he realizes his brother's in pain. And so he, he decides to be there for him and listen to him. And then give him actual real advice that will help him not give him some bad advice that will send him out and give him uh, even more drama to deal with, but gives him some solid advice, someone else to go to, to seek out information from. And yes, he does put a time limit on it that he's got a, you know, uh, only a few seconds left of sincerity, but this, 60 second window here is a fantastic representation of what it is like at times to have that big brother, little brother relationship growing up. Now I was the big brother often. So I often would be in Eric's shoes. So I, I, mm-hmm. I clearly at times mm-hmm. I was needling my younger brothers and at times I was offering advice and, but how how was your relationship with your brother Tyler? Was did they did he ever tell you to go take the cordless up to the roof so you could jump off when you were done using it? No, no, we didn't have those type of uh, <laughs> jokey fun back and forth uh, this time in at my life. Uh, it was mostly a I would be texting people because that was a thing when I was still young. It was simple. T9 texting and uh, I get conversations with my brother that went like, who is texting you this early in the morning? (laughs) So those are my advices that I would be given from my brother at the time. So (laughs) we'll leave it at that for right now. There you go. So, yeah, uh, this nice, genuine moment for at least a few, you know, basically a minute of, hey, I do care about you. This is the best advice I can give you. Take the advice. Mm-hmm. So we have a hard cut, though, to finally introducing ourselves to this character. Like, not just being on screen, but, like, being an actual character. And she is a hot mess of a person. Ah, <laughs> uh, Trini. <laughs> like, struggling to open ketchup. Struggling to put ketchup on fries. And it drives Corey crazy let an old ketchup slapper help you out (laughs) yeah it's it's one of the situations where there is years of pent-up frustration over this girl Corey clearly does not get along well with trini and trini knows it 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think everyone knows. I think everyone knows that Corey does not like Trini. Honestly, she could be a reason why those two weren't very close at a certain point. Maybe Trini moved and they became super close. And Corey's like, I don't like her. And she's like, I don't like him. So mm-hmm. now they're teenagers. You know, it's different and weird because that's what it's like when you're teenagers. But mm-hmm. <laughs> just this whole situation is just ridiculous. <laughs> And of course, he wants to talk about Topanga, and she avoids it because she's part of the plan, and is able to be like, oh my gosh, you're asking me out? And he's just kind of like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) But no dinner, no dinner before the movie. Corey Corey won't be hungry after watching Trini eat. (laughs) No. I do. (laughs) Now I have to wonder, is this like that? night like they're going like i, I don't, don't understand i don't think Corey it's already that, bought his tickets beforehand i don't think it's that night i think it's i think they still got another day beforehand yeah um i love in the background <laughs> that we see eric practically get thrown across chubbies <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I I forgot about to bring this up before, but, you know, after the whole uh, Sean, he finds out Sean is going out with Topanga and all this chaos is happening. Um, er, er, Sorry, Corey kind of looks up to the skies and says, give me a sign. Help me to understand what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, a seventh grader slides forward. You call this a sign? (laughs) Be there or be dead. <laughs> yep. Uh, but good times all around. Uh, so we have Mr. Blue and Mr. Brown in the uh, in the back room at Chubby's, where normally yes. they shoot pool. Yes. Which I do have a comment uh, for uh, deep dives about that and excellent. why they refer to themselves as that. Oh, excellent. I was hoping you did. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have a, a, a minor complaint about. Mr. Blue and Mr. Brown selling out all the tickets to the show. Because if they sold out all the tickets to the show, why are there still tickets in their briefcase full of money? Because <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> but they did. They sold out all the tickets. And uh, it doesn't seem like they told Eric what the show that they're selling tickets out to really was. He didn't yeah. seem to know. <laughs> But uh, I, I do like the theater set, the the auditorium that they're using. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. Um, I like how we jump cut to that situation. Like we we sp- there's not a lot of scenes, but mm-hmm. we spend a good amount of time at each scene when we're there, and then we hard cut to, and now we're into the next thing as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And you would think that if it was sold out then they would have started the movie let feeny leave and then start the other movie yeah but at the same like, time r- they might run, have- r- run interference make it clear that you know get feeny out of the way something but like they just they might have been afraid that feeny was uh, that someone would trip feeny Feeny off to or tip Feeny off to the fact that it wasn't really paint your wagons that was going to be shown if the room was full. 
Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But they're going to show... Uh, Mr. Feeney does not like the Mime Club either. No, no one likes the Mime Club. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that... Okay. I know people who have done miming. The fact that these people are committed to always be doing miming is just ridiculous. Yeah. How how do you go to class and participate? <laughs> you can't. Although it's an art, so I guess you would say break a leg. Mm, you would. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd use the, an invisible cast. Yes. But they're going to watch so, Texas Gut Suckers Part 5. <laughs> yeah. That definitely sounds like a real title. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, so yeah, they, they, they open the doors, the auditorium is filled, which you would think that Feeney would have seen that, but whatever, mm. episode has the episode. And uh, Corey and Trini find their seat somehow right beside Sean and Topanga. Mm. Well, I, I think, uh, A, I think Sean was intentionally getting a seat there with open spots. And Corey really is looking for open seats there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you also get the feeling like he wants to sit by them to ruin the date. I think so, yeah. I mean, the fact that Sean says one thing and Corey's immediate response is, do you want to go outside? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they start a cartoon. Sean starts, you know, treating Topanga like a date. And Corey then starts to treat Trini like a date. <laughs> Little badger. Yes. Uh, Corey tries to kiss Treaty. Gets he gum. Bubble gum. <laughs> and it blows up in his face. I do love the move Sean does to precipitate that by uh, just starting to uh, fill his mouth with Tic Tacs. And I do. I, I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring up another quote here because uh, just. Well, I'm just going to play it. And now, here to introduce Leon's Revenge, the man you've all been waiting for. He played Leon the Gutsucker in parts one, three, and four. Here he is, direct from the pits of hell, your worst nightmare. Come on! Here he is! Boo. It's finished! It's been Mr. Brown! Not until I find out what that monster's done with Leon. Mr. Feeney, there's a very good explanation for this. I'm sure there is. Really? Because, see, I was just kind of winging it. <laughs> it's it's Mr. Brown and Mr. Blue, and then it's Eric. <laughs> and yeah. good-looking people, it's a visual moment for Eric, and it's a visual moment for Mr. Brown and Mr. Blue, because Frankie's ire at Mr. Feeney has done to Leon. He is not... He does not want to be moved until he knows what he is, what Feeney has done with him. Yeah. And Eric's facial expressions change like three different times when Feeney turns to look at him when he says, I was just kind of winging it. <laughs> it's, it's one of those moments of like, seriously, you thought you were going to get one over on me. You didn't <laughs> think I was going to notice like this was really poorly thought out mm -hmm. you were trusting frankie and joey <laughs> and I, I also like that he's like not until i find out what that that monster done with leon 
Leon is the actual name for Frankie's father. Because mm-hmm. it's not Francis, <laughs> it's Leon White. <laughs> I know we've talked about that before in the episode that no one watched, but Vader is uh, his father. Yeah. So, <laughs> which makes me wonder, where did the actor who plays Leon go? Did something mm. happen to him? Did Feeney stop him? You never check your guts. You never check your guts. <laughs> But then, Brett, we get to probably the most important part of the whole episode. Yes. And that is Topanga calling out Corey for his bullcrap. Yep. And good looking people, let me just say, I'm not a dating expert, but I know this. (gasps) Sometimes you need to be called out on your attempts to be quote-unquote fly and irrational and being all over the place and just you need to have direct conversations and it feels like Topanga's just kind of over it like I think she had intention for the only boy I'm interested in dating is Corey he's the only one I'm going to entertain to go out with and the fact that Corey wasn't able to have a direct conversation with her led to all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, you know, she's trying to say, will you just talk to me? And he's like, I can't. Here in front of all these empty chairs. <laughs> yeah. But it, it does almost feel like he, he forgets that it's just the two of them, and he's he's seeing all the other people fearful of what's going to happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's almost like their entire history and even the worst things that he's done to her is all front center and not just, hey, we're two friends who really care about each other and want to see what else can be. Mm-hmm. So probably the most important line he says to her is if i had to dream of the perfect woman she wouldn't even come close to you would you be my girlfriend she kisses him happily and goes yes or no <laughs> but uh, i think it it sets up uh, of an understanding of the way Corey thinks of her of she's more than just the perfect person he is she is the perfect person for him because mm-hmm. throughout all the nonsense over the last two seasons, the times probably that he's been the happiest and also the times that he has been most alive is when he's been with Cor- with uh, Topanga. Mm-hmm. And as much fun as he's had with the girls, as much as he's enjoyed being with them, she is the one he is most interested in. Yep. And probably feels most like himself. Indeed. Oh, by the way. Uh, these are really intense emotions for these young people to be having. So if your kids are having these type of emotions for someone else that's around the same age as them, be very careful as parents. That's all. Yes. Brett, you have teenagers. How do you feel about this whole situation? Oh, as a dad, it's always very... What word shall I use? Um... You don't want to see your kids grow up at the same time as you want to see them grow up. You always want to view them as your little kids. And to see that kind of an emotional bond form 
you always feel like it's too early and you don't want to see them rush into anything for fear of getting hurt. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I do genuinely worry for my children that I don't want to see them rush into anything as quickly as what I would say I could see here. The, the one, the one problem that Hollywood has, well, not the one problem, but one problem that Hollywood has shown over the years and one problem that does uh, tend to show up a lot in uh, Boy Meets World is the idea of throwing this this word of this this idea of rushing to to declare love openly and and loudly and broadly without thinking things through and and later on we'll see Topanga really brush back push back against that a little bit and when we get to that we'll we'll have deeper discussion about it that's not wrong to push back against that and and to think through and so as a dad yeah I want to see my kids happy. I want to see them joyful. I want to see them find someone that that makes them feel comfortable and 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 makes them feel safe and and makes them feel loved. I also want to see them find someone who knows that love is more than just something they feel. And so wrapping it back around in my uh food poisoning adult head uh, into what I may or may not have already said. As long as my kids are able to articulate that love is not just an emotion, I'm happy. As long as they yep. find someone that can articulate that same thing, I'm happy. If not, yep. I'm locking them in their rooms and they won't get out until they're old enough to get married. <laughs> You know, that's literally the start of almost half of the uh, fairy tales, right? Yeah, but I live in Ohio. <laughs> we don't have fairy tales. We have uh, true crime stories. <laughs> yes. That's, okay, that sounds like the start of a true crime podcast. That'll be an entirely different podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, hopefully that answers that question. <laughs> well, I think it's... It's that part of now as adults watching the show of how comfortable are we with the intensity of their relationship? Mm -hmm. Because it literally goes from zero to a thousand almost immediately. And my thing is that this is this is the stage of their puppy love for each other. They're not full blown married couple yet. They are we're just super adorable and just flirting with each other and exploring what it means to now be a couple, not just friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of Sean, his most closest friend is Topanga. Uh, Topanga has always been willing to call him out on his nonsense. One of my favorite episodes that she does that is uh, Thrilla and Philly. Like, she is always direct with him, which is probably why it's frustrating at this time that Corey is not willing to be, you know, direct with her because she's always honest with him. 
Mm-hmm. So, but no, excuse me. this is a great episode and this is a great, it's adorable way for two young people to start dating, especially because the two of them have been friends for years. So it's not just a, Hey, that girl's cute. I'm going to go date her, which is a little, what a lot of this show sometimes is. And also what a lot of other shows are as well. Mm-hmm. But also, it's made it very clear that it's been a natural progression. Like, it's not like the Wonder Years where uh, the kid's like, I have always loved this girl from the moment I met her. I oh, I always knew I'd love her forever. Um, like, it's not that weirdness. It's mostly a slow progression to, oh, hey, we have these feelings. Now what? So. Yeah. It's a great moment. It's a classic moment. It's a moment that will live in TV history forever, for sure. Um, And I'm happy they're finally together because there's no longer a will they, won't they. Mm -hmm. There you go. For now. For now. Until lips. Uh, But then we get to the the end credit, Brett. And unlike past times where there's kind of just a joke, we actually find out what's going on yes we find out that sean and trini were in on this plan the whole time (laughs) yeah Corey hugs them so clearly their friendship has not been ruined by this whole situation but the way that Corey acts how unhinged he is (laughs) you just Corey knows that Corey's emotional they were never going to get into a fight like because sean has no desire to fight him Mm. later on they will but for right now they have no reason to come to blows whatsoever no Corey is just so relieved and so emotional and and he's just he's just so happy now go back there you little sea monkey (laughs) so he goes back to making out with topanga you little badger and that is now Corey's nickname the little badger well, Brett, that's an episode. That well, is not an yet. episode. Actually, uh, I guess we should do this. Well, that's this. Now, that's the uh, the show episode. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we get to go hear some of Tyler's deep dives. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right, so first things first, Paint Your Wagon. Paint Your Wagon is actually a real movie. And I I say that, like, the way I'm saying it, because I was shocked that it was a real movie. Like, the the series that they were talking about before, I know for a fact it's not. I don't have to look it up. I just know. But this... Paint your wagon. I was like, well, if they made up that movie, why wouldn't they make up the other movie? They always are making up stuff. No, no. This is a real, legitimate movie. It came out in 1969. PG-13. It's two hours and 44 minutes. Uh, Two unlikely prospector partners share the same wife in a California gold rush mining town. Love Triangle is the movie. Which is... (laughs) fair that they have uh this as the movie that they're going to watch because you know they're in the middle of a love triangle stars lee marvin clint eastwood and gene seberg but it was nominated for one oscar uh, for best music score for a musical picture the composer by the way was uh, nelson riddle and actually won the golden globe for 
best uh, motion picture comedy or musical. No, sorry, it was a nominee. It did not win. My apologies. Oh. It, it was a nominee <laughs> for in the 1970s Golden Globes for yeah best motion picture comedy or musical, and uh, Lee Marvin was uh, up for was a nominee for best actor for comedy or musical. So yeah, real thing. Couldn't believe it. So the next movie in question is Reservoir Dogs, which I had a very hard time trying to get the spelling of this correctly, but Google knew exactly what I was looking for. So Reservoir Dogs is a Quentin Tarantino movie. This was his first like big movie that came out. This was very, very popular in time, especially for like college age students. One of the things I've heard a lot over my time on the internet is that a lot of people around this time who were in college had a Reservoir Dogs poster in their room. And somehow for like a whole decade, more and more people came with posters and <laughs> hung them on their room, apparently. Because <laughs> no matter what, this is a movie that's kind of stayed in the zeitgeist for a long time, up until a little movie called Pulp uh, Fiction came out. And then that kind of took over the spotlight for Quentin Tarantino movies. But it came out in 1992, uh, rated R, one hour and 39 minutes. Uh, when a simple jewelry heist goes horribly wrong, the surviving criminals begin to suspect that one of them is a police informant. It stars a lot of famous people. Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Steve Buscemi. I mean, Quentin Tarantino technically is in it. David Steen from Home Alone. <laughs> so yeah, it's is a big part of the zeitgeist in the 90s. And it's not a surprise that Frankie and Joey would uh, lean into that uh, movie. Not at all. Well, I was thinking of it. Um, Nelson Riddle, the, the, the name really stuck out in my memory. So I was looking him up, some of his, discover, his discography. The man's prolific. Uh, he composed with Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra. What, what His work was sticking out in my head. And I mean, I mean prolific. I mean, he also worked with Bing Crosby, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Johnny Mathis. Good looking people. If you're not recognizing these names, these were big, huge stars in the first half of last century in music. The The reason that Nelson Riddle's name was uh, sticking in my mind uh, as a composer is very simple ditty. It goes a little something like this. Nelson Riddle was the composer for the Batman TV series that ran from 66 to 68. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot more stuff, too. I mean, you check out his discography on online, but yeah, the dude was, he's got some chops. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. So, one of the things we were talking about is essentially the bro code. The bro code, especially in the mid to late 2000s, became really popularized as terminology. How I Met Your Mother and the character Barney Stinson really got that more popularized and everything. But essentially, it is a etiquette for friends, men mostly, who are in the same social group, and it's a way to help uh everyone understand of what are the, are the rules as they are trying to go out and date uh not to get married just to you know get dates because apparently that's the whole point of the bro code brett would you like to hear from men's xp the like 29 rules that you should follow for to be a bro 
All 29. Well, there's 29 here. It doesn't mean it's all 29 total for all of the rules. <laughs> sure, why not? All right. I'll, I'll, we'll start with a handful, and then we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first one we have is have your bros back no matter what. You're no friend if you can't watch out for him, which is fair. Like, mm-hmm. to be a friend is to watch out for your friend. Fair. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where it starts getting complicated. If his girlfriend asks you where he is, you know nothing. Nothing at all. Keep his whereabouts to yourself, hang up, and warn him. So essentially, that one's saying, lie. Mm. Lie for me. If you can't lie yes. for me, you can't be my friend. Hmm. Yeah. If your buddy assigns you as his wingman at a party, make him proud by doing your job well. He hooking up with the girl. He is eyeing is your responsibility. Get on it right away. I think it's supposed to be who he is eyeing. I okay. You must do all you can to save your bro. I don't want to read this one, but now I can't. Okay, here we go. You must do all you can to save your bro from dating an ugly girl. Chances are that he is too drunk to even make out if that person is a girl or a guy. Oh, gosh. Um, if you're sure he's sober, that means he can shrug off all responsibilities and try your own luck, hotter women around. Wow. That sounds I terrific. think we can safely put the rest of those ones out to pasture. <laughs> oh, okay. There are four things about your bro that you must respect in at all conditions. His house, his parents, his girlfriend, and most importantly, his car. <laughs> All right, let's read one more, and then we'll call it good for right now. We may have to have another episode. It's just uh, only the bro codes, but here we go. You just cannot get involved with your bro's mother or sister. It is one of the biggest violations of the bro code. A stepmother whom he hates is still okay. Yeah, why don't we have an episode sometime that's really just taking all of these different bro codes and man laws and... Really just putting them to task. It'll be a true uh, extra credit scene. Oh, yeah. So the next thing is mimes. Most people are aware of this, so I don't know why I'm going over it, but I felt like it was important because, you know, as we get older, potentially, this is a dying craft. So essentially, mime artist or simply mime, or in certain areas, a pantomime, is an acting out of story with body language without using speech, a theatrical medium, as a perform- it's a performance art. It's designed to be specifically silent comedy in which the artist is character in a film or skit without sound as well. can be both done live action or on TV and movies, all that jazz. I mean, most often, the best times they're used are in little small bits, like, say, like in the movie Tangled. Great, great (laughs) opportunity for that. But uh, we have accounts of it going back all the way to ancient Greece, ancient Romans, medieval times. And also runs in uh, non-West theaters. The big thing that I needed us to talk about, Brett, and this may actually go into a discussion, but there's a certain trope that took me forever to get anything on it, but I knew it was a trope, and I knew we had to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. the trope is, give me a sign. 
<laughs> you know, when a TV a person in a TV show or movie lifts their head and go, give me a sign. Mm-hmm. And almost always it ends with, you call that a sign? You know, it's in Bruce Almighty. It's it's all over the place. And even sometimes when a moment of uh, great need, a character will cry out to God or other heavenly beings for some kind of sign to show them what they are to do or where to go or even just to let the character know that they are not alone often god is perfectly happy to oblige the sign can be subtle or it can be much more obvious just a couple of examples is there's a time from buffy the vampire slayer charmed cheers daredevil apparently had multiple moments of this life and pieces lost ncis uh one of my favorites that popped up was from power rangers spd because uh, there's a character that's kind of like a monster who was considered an alien in that season and he's like just show me. Am I doing the right things? Am I, you know, giving up the Power Rangers? Was that the right thing to do? And all his things just kind of fall apart and don't go the way he wants it to. And he goes, that's a good sign. <laughs> I tried to find that clip, but I could not. You know, Habits and Young Sheldon. One of the probably the best examples of this, and you can't find this clip online, is from Bruce Almighty, where Jim Carrey is saying, send me a sign. And it's literally a sign every couple of feet and whatnot. And he's just like, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this trope of give me a sign. There's a part of me that both loves it and also gets annoyed with it because I feel like it happens a lot but also not as much. So it's it's one of those deals where it's not talked about as much in the general vastness of tropes, but it, it is definitely a trope. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts All on right. that, Brett? I, I think it definitely has become a trope where, I mean, it's something that we all do. We all seek to, to have some sort of confirmation. And so it's easy to ask for a sign. And I think it has become common enough to become a trope but those are your uh, deep dives brett all right so let's uh, then move on into you know anything about the odyssey huh did i say you could talk i didn't teach you that my friend mr matthews will lead the discussion do i have to draw you a picture to what did we learn today i i know that uh you tend to like to go first or that you like to complain that I make you go first, so I'll go first. <laughs> um, very simple. Be bold. Be firm. If you aren't, others are going to dictate what paths your lives take. Because if you don't, yeah, if if you don't get out of your own way, then other people are going to make choices for you. Whether it's in dating life, whether it's in academic life, whether it's in how you are handling things at home or at school. If if you don't have the conviction to make your own choices, then you're going to let someone else make them for you. Fair. I um, was thinking about what Feeney had said to Mr. Turner about remembering that, that summer is over and stability consistency and you know Mm -hmm. what the expectations are and balancing your work as a teacher and balancing of being the parental guardian and i think for all of us especially when school year starts is having that balance you know we've been working 
with our son because we you know he stayed up later throughout the summer sometimes much later into the night than what we would want to but just because of convenience we're like all right sure whatever that's fine but yep you know, he needs to have a consistent bedtime during school year and school nights, because if he doesn't, he's a monster. So mm-hmm. trying to help him with that is is crucial and it's key. And understanding as a parent, that's part of our responsibility is to help them with keeping balance. So if you don't have balance as a parent, your kids can't have balance as well. So indeed. So, yeah. I like it. Go into grades then. Yes. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? So, Tyler, what would you give back or back to school? That's a wrong season. My best friend's girl. Due to the context of some of the jokes that were made that were unnecessary, and also I'd add into the fact that we don't see Alan whatsoever this season, this episode, I have to give this episode an A minus. I, I had to knock it down two little parts because if I didn't, it wouldn't feel right. Because not having Alan there is not good because he needed more adult help, I think. And he didn't listen to his mom. But also for the jokes that they made about uh, Coach Franklin, I wasn't a huge fan of. So mm-hmm. A minus. Yeah, I've got it as an A minus as well, pretty much for the same reasons. No, no Alan, no fatherly wisdom, very minimal motherly wisdom. I mean, credit that it was there, but uh, and yeah, some some jokes that just that just uh, you know low hanging fruit, and you know would have liked to have seen a little better from them there. But now, on the whole, if you had like asked me story, last year or the year before that, what do you think of that episode? I probably would have said A plus. But taking a little more critical <laughs> of a lens, it's not fair if I just give it an A plus because I. It, <laughs> well, there you go. Just doesn't. So, I think that's been an episode, Brett. Almost. You owe me a dad joke. Well, you gotta hit the music first. I don't have music for a dad joke. Well, don't we normally get? Oh, never mind. That's after the dad joke. Oh, fine. It's only we we've only done this now, you know, for a whole year. So eventually, you'd think this, I'd this understand is only, what we're you know, doing 53 here. Fifty-three episodes in, <laughs> the music comes after the dad joke. <laughs> Fine, Brett. Why was school easier for cave people? Uh, why was school easier for cave people? Because there was no history to study. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> awesome. For that, uh, dear listeners, dear good-looking people, uh, that is the first episode of the third season. Brett, right. we got a bunch of social media places that people can reach out to us about. Do you we want do. to tell them where they are? Sure. You can find us on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter slash X, at Dad's Meat World. You can email us at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com. And uh, you can find us over on YouTube at Dad's Meat World. And uh, hey, who knows? You might even find us on TikTok one of these days. So check yeah. us out there. Let us know if you want to start doing TikTok dances. Yeah, Tyler will do all <laughs> those TikTok dances for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. So, Brett, it was wonderful to talk with you. 
wonderful as always to have another episode. Right back at you, Big Daddy. Because who's your pod daddy? And I'm happy that we finally have Corey and Topanga dating. That's right. Can't wait for that to last forever. Well, as always, good looking people. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time, good looking. They want you to take the rolls! They do! They want you to take the rolls! You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? <laughs> Find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. No. Well... Sorry, I thought you had more to say. That's why I was chewing on Pop-Tart. Sorry. I was just <laughs> trying to read through the notes to figure out where we were. So, yeah. Um... <sighs> okay, try again. <laughs> Please head that. Oof. <laughs> so, um... And who who is she going with, Tyler? She is going... With Lips Waterman. <laughs> You're here about 19 episodes too early. <laughs> no, apparently Sean has decided to ask out Topanga. Sean. That's Sean. Dun, dun. <laughs> Technology is so much fun. You know, sometimes much later into the night. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>